Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. This beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.wellineux.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational symbol of wellness. He is the sex symbol, but he is a sensational symbol as well of the wellness couch and the wellness guys. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, mate. How are you? I know, I know, I know you're oh. sitting uncomfortable with oh, this. Oh, I'm just like... with you. But again, Damien, just so everyone knows, for if you haven't heard last week's episode and you're freaking out... Hearing me call Damien John Christophe the sex symbol of wellness. <laughs> it is just because the world has gone a little bit nutty when it comes to what a sex symbol is. When we think of a sex symbol, we think of the front cover of Playboy or Penthouse or something crazy and stupid. All I'm saying is, folks, is that someone like Damien Job, Damien Job, Damien John Christophe <laughs> is a sensational symbol of wellness, and we have just lost the art of loving ourselves, our body, our mind, and our soul. So, Damien, just just uh, hold on to this tag for another couple of episodes whilst we work through this mini-series of uh, an incredible 2016 for our listeners. Can you do that? Okay. I can do it. Now, on the last episode, we spoke about um, prejudice uh, and, and where that mindset's come from. We spoke about bloating, fatigue, slow cooking, vitamins, heat sensitivity, lots of really cool things. I didn't even get to... Um, my next question, which is literally question number two. Our first question was, what are people talking about to you right now? You said bloating and fatigue. My next question was, what, from what you can tell with your clients that you see on a day-to-day basis, what are the killer foods that most people have been eating? You said slow cooking, right? But that wasn't actually – you weren't saying that as a killer food. You were just saying that's a common food. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely what not killer. Think, uh, and when I say killer foods, I'm not talking death foods. I'm talking about foods that aren't going to help people improve their health mm. – improve their body for people that go, I want a better body for summer. What are the foods that people are consuming that they they actually think are okay, but really, like if they are going to come to you and go, I really want to improve my body, they're going to have to eliminate or limit the intake of those foods. What are people having that they're deluded on? Oh, that's an amazing question. You know, I'm just going to say this just really. You you ask amazing questions. It's interesting because um, when I listen to your podcast, it's amazing how many people comment on that was a great question. It's it's amazing. It was a great question. <laughs> yeah, so you and Kale, you and Kale, and you're both journalists. So, um, yeah, there's something to be said there. So, what are the foods that people are delusional on? Just that, you know, when they come in, they go, 
And you go, oh, what do you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? They go, well, you know, I have like, I'm just going to make stuff up here. Well, I have, you know, I have a peppermint tea and I have two bits of spelt toast with peanut butter. And then that gets me through to morning tea, you know, and I have, um, you know, I might have some apple and nuts for morning tea. And then for lunch, I'd have like a gluten-free sandwich that might have like ham, cheese, and tomato in it. And then I would have, you know, like, um, might have a smoothie uh, for afternoon tea with the kids after school. Then I come home and we might have like a you know a gluten free pasta or something. Um, and then I might make I don't know like a chia pudding for dessert. I'm kind of giving you like just any kind of mixture in there. Mm. Um, but are there foods? What I'm what I'm curious at, at because every food these days, as we said with Sam Gowan a couple of weeks ago, every food is a superfood these days from a marketing perspective. Yeah, yeah, but. Not all foods are that great, particularly when we speak about the, the genome type of discussion and not all foods are created equally for everyone. Mm. But are foods, you know, on a general level that people are eating that we actually, you know, you go, well, hold on a minute, like that might not be serving you right now? Yeah, 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 for sure. Look, and last week we spoke about um, the slow-cooked foods. Um, yeah, and which so- is- because we, I know, we had more local foods in winter than, than we ever do. So we were like prototypes there. Well, yeah, certainly. But there's a couple of other things that are in your favor. One is like the angle of the sun. So the angle of the sun and the height of the sun uh, with ozone and all those sorts of things enable you guys, because you're above the parallel where Newcastle sits, which I think is the 41st parallel, I think it is. Wow, listen to you. Um, blowing my mind. You will be manufacturing vitamin D pretty much all year round. So you get that hormonal um, boost, you know, the serotonin, melatonin boost from the sun and, yep. uh, and your immune system is boosted as a result as well. Cause you're up higher and, uh, and that's a great thing. And you, everybody a, come up here then well, you have a ritual, <laughs> you have rituals of going out and walking every single morning. So that means that, um, as a result of that, you, you will be manufacturing more vitamin D than most of us down here. So your energy should be, um, brighter from a, from a hormone perspective. For sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. But also, I think you guys have access to different levels of freshness up there. And, and I, I don't, I really wouldn't think that you would eat much stodgy food. But if someone did say to me that they were having um, a couple of bits of spelt toast with their peppermint tea and some peanut butter on top of it, um, I would ask the question what, what food in there could give you some life force? What, what could give you some energy um, that's not just fuel? And we'd have to have a conversation around that because that particular meal is a meal that's rich in calories but not rich in life force. There's nothing in that meal that could give your body energy without calories. Mm. So all of, all of the food that's in there is processed food that requires some kind of activation by your body. Mm. It hasn't got any intelligence. You couldn't take a piece of that spelt bread, put it on cotton wool, give it some water and some sunlight and allow all of the magic of water and all of the magic of the sun to be able to cast you know some growth um, activity on that piece of spelt bread that that couldn't happen um from that meal so, so are there people then oh you go on sorry so my suggestion in that regard would be to think about okay so what is it that i could have added to that particular meal that might have given me some energy even though the energy as soon as you cut something open or you start to chop things up then that energy that i'm talking about which is the like the life force of the particular product that that starts to decline relatively rapidly and, and the quicker you get it into your body, the better. But even though that is the case, you can still add that food to your own food so that, and put it into your body and you'll still receive that benefit. So a, a lettuce leaf, for example, is that exact same 
thing. So as soon as you take the lettuce leaf off the plant or you cut the lettuce from the garden, it's taken from its life force and it will mm-hmm. hold itself in its normal, original, proper form until such a time as the universal forces of the universe take over it. So that's heat, um, wind, rain, light, oxygen, all those sorts of things break it down. And and, and the least amount of exposure to universal forces, the the better and more energetic and, and more energy your body's going to get from it um, as opposed to foods that have been, you know, milled down, yeah. bleached, deodorized, colored, mixed with other bits and pieces, thrown into an oven, turned into something different, sliced up so the moisture disappears, um, and then toasted um, to take, you know, to, just to make sure you've annihilated all the vitamins and minerals. Um, like a piece of toast, for example, doesn't give you much more than just a, a load of calories that taste good. Um, so for that person, then, it might be like replace your peanut butter with avocado because that's got more life force than the peanut butter. Love that. Yep, that's yep. exactly okay. right. Yes. And maybe okay. put some crunchy bean sprouts on top of it. You know, so like There we go. Now we're talking. Sprouted you know, mung beans or some sprouted lentils yeah. and put that on top of it. And then, oh, a, oh yes. You know, yes. And you can pu- push that into the avocado with some beautiful crystallized Himalayan rock salt and some organic pepper and maybe put a poached egg on top of that or just have the avocado and the sprouted mung bean sprouts. Like, what, what, and maybe with some oil and salt with oil and salt, oil and, salt over- and maybe some, some smashed up or crumbled goat feta. Like, oh, you know, yeah. and so you're getting the bacteria. Goat feta? Yeah, well, you're getting the bacteria that holds the feta together, and that's in itself life force. You know, that's that's intelligent. It's going to do something, you know, good for your body. So, total question without notice here. Yeah. So, like there's a guy at the market that sells sprouts. Was that? Like all of your questions. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. never send you anything. So, the, there's a guy at the market that sells a whole range of sprouts. Yeah. Mung bean, chickpea, lentil. Oh, delicious. All the stuff. Yeah. Are those type of sprouts, like mung bean, mung bean, chickpea, kidney bean sprouts, all the rest, once they're sprouting and they're crunchy and they're going in salads, mm-hmm. are they still in the lentil, are they still in the legume family? And possible bloating phenomenons, or are they now in the salad, whatever you call that variety, that family? Once yeah. you sprout, once you sprout anything, the whole, the everything changes. And and just to make, I suppose to make this a really simple analogy, like if you look at a sperm and you look at an egg independently, they can do very little, but when they're put together, they create a human. Mm. Um, a, a bean by itself doesn't do a whole lot. It gives you a bit of nutrition. Yep. It, you know, maybe it gives you a little bit of fiber. Yep, that's all good. Um, it's highly likely that because the bean hasn't gone into its activated form that it, it, it could, in fact, cause you to bloat up a little bit just from the fibers that your body needs to now start to digest, which your bacteria often have a challenge with and uh, and you get some fermentation and a bit of wind. Whereas if you activate it, in other words, if you let water get to it, you know, and, and sprout. You know, this is the mm. whole thing behind, you know, the the movement of alfalfa sprouts back in the 80s and, and 70s, 80s and 90s um, where we used to sprout alfalfa, you know, sprouts. Egg and alfalfa sandwich was just everywhere. That was it, right? And so you can yeah. have extra alfalfa if you wanted for 50 cents and <laughs> so you could do all those sorts of things. But you're actually changing the structure of the uh, of the bean or of the, of the seed into something that's now in its activated form. So you've now initiated the intelligence of that particular seed and you've got the life force now you've actually got something that's going something that will actually give you some extra energy 
So it's no longer a legume. Um, it still is a legume, but it it's in a it's now it's it's behaving differently. It's kind of like um, it's got its vitamins. It's got yeah, it's it, that's exactly right. It's starting to manufacture vitamins, so it'll be manufacturing vitamins often with the interaction with the sun, and uh, and so we start to manufacture and creating a lot of vitamins that you will benefit from in your body. Um, oh, I can't recall where I was going to go with that. No, that's okay. I've got another question for you now. Because you. So, so the, the, the foods that essentially, because um, my first question was like, what are the foods that people are delusional about? And what we kind of gather, what I gathered, mm. is that people um, are still eating foods that are kind of like replacement foods of the like of the other foods they like, used to eat. So, uh, do you feel a lot of people are still on? Let's just yeah, let's say the gluten free uh, bandwagon, or like maybe they're they're addicted to nut butter. They used to have maybe a I don't know a peanut butter or whatever, but there's still a lot of okay for what you said. There's a lot of still calorie rich, energy dense, but um, sorry, fuel dense but low energy foods being consumed, and that's causing a lot of uh, concern for people when it comes to their health and particularly their body, their body shape and, and the rest. Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, oh, look, I, I think the the number one biggest thing in, in what you've just said there is that people are, are looking to replace what they'll perceive to be an unhealthy food with what is marketed as being a healthy food by the health food industry. So, you know, in, in the search for the healthiest breakfast or the search for the healthiest lunch, people are making decisions um, to go and get a gluten-free something because they think that just because it's gluten-free, it'll be healthier um, or just because it's organic, it'll be better. Can I ask you again another question without notice on this? And this kind of goes into my next question about my next question is around: um, Are we eating too much food? But was it was it on the interview we did with John D. Martini, or maybe when I, I was at an event or you're at an event? But he was talking about um, if you're going to have a juice, and let's just say if you're going to have a juice or a smoothie, you would want to be pretty sure that if you're going to have an orange juice that took four oranges to juice it, you'd want to be sure that you were actually hungry enough to eat those four oranges because you're going to be stripping the fiber away or out that uh, to have a juice is uh, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul um, with a smoothie because a lot of people would say, oh, you know, I have a green smoothie for breakfast or for lunch. Um, are, are, they, are they eating, you know, are we eating too much even if it's good quality food? Ooh, yeah. Look, you you could be you could be over over nourishing your body, and that sounds kind of crazy. But uh, you could be putting too much into your body. But I, I don't. I think that I, I, I suppose that also then means that we've moved away from the concern around calories, which is great because when people yep. are concerned about calories, they're watching and counting everything they put into their body. Um, the movement towards more whole food and the movement towards more living food and having green smoothies and all of those things is is awesome. It's great. Um, and what I suppose it requires now is an understanding of, yes, okay, that adding this ingredient makes that taste better, but is there an impact on our body because I'm now consuming way more fuel than what I would actually otherwise require or need, right? So um, there's just a few more little questions that people need to ask before they get it right. And it, it's really just it, it's the combination of all of what we've learned. So one of the things I spoke to Cindy about the other day is because Cindy called me up. Remember, remember how you sent me a message and said, Damo, listen to this and then call Cindy. Up for a chat. Yeah. Yeah. So we listened to Cindy say that she didn't agree with me when it came to um, coconut oil. 
She said Damien's entitled to his opinion, um, but I we don't agree. On and things. I don't agree. Um, we agree on pretty much everything except I don't agree with this one. So she called me um, before I'd even heard that podcast, and we'd even sp- we'd spoken about it because she said she was going to give me a call, and I explained that it wasn't research; it's just fact. Um, that coconut oil burns at a high temperature. And she said, well, what do you mean? It's full of... At a, low, at a lower temperature than, say, olive oil. You just said higher, but you meant lower. Oh, right? sorry, yeah, lower. I meant a lower yeah. temperature. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And, uh, and, and so I then had to explain that even though it contains what would be deemed to be medium-chain triglycerides, um, the way in which those medium-chain triglycerides behave is more like a saturated fat. Um, and in that case... It's no, it's actually not that good for the body, but they behave like a saturated fat and they burn like a polyunsaturated fat. So they're not, they haven't got that same sort of structure as a, as a good quality saturated fat. Um, like what we might find in, um, not much. So that's interesting. There's, not, mm-hmm. there's actually not much. That, I mean, saturated fat can be really good for some people, but you know, for a lot of other people, it's not really that good, and that's a whole other can of worms. So I suppose where I was, where I was getting at with that um, was, in fact, I think is, I, it, I is it simple? Can I just ask you on this? Is it a simple, I, say, with coconut oil? Yeah. Um, that if you're having it, if you're having too much of it, it's just making you fat. Well, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm looking at. Because I'm looking at my belly, right? Yeah, yes. And people would laugh at this. But I know for me, like, I've got a good two kilos of fat. I'm going to say at least two kilos okay. of fat around my belly because I'm doing this without a T-shirt on, folks. It's a very hot day up here. Yeah. And and I wonder, like, it's more than what I had there a couple of years ago. But up until the Wellness Summit, like, we would cook religiously in coconut oil. Yeah. But our diet, like, our diet's impeccable. It's fabulous. Yeah, so it's um, a calorie in thing. So there is that calorie in thing. So that's, oh, that's what I was saying. So we, we learn, and I was saying to Cindy, I said to Cindy, you know, what is it that we've got to be so freaking extreme about this? Because why do we have to go and have coconut oil? Why can't we learn to eat oils appropriately? So what we learned through the 80s with low fat was that there was some health benefit, but there was also some health decline. And so it's picking up on what we've learned throughout all of the decades of understanding. So we understand that um, in the 70s, when you, when you did uh, fit for life, you had lighter foods and then heavier foods through the day. Um, and so that was one model for fit for life. Then we learned that uh, we, we should be careful of fat in the 80s. And then in the 90s, we, we learned about carbohydrates in the, in the, in the 2000s. Um, body for life, that body, was me, body yeah, for life. That's it, right? So <laughs> the, there was all of that. And then now we're in 2010 and beyond. Um, a lot of people have gone very extreme again, gone the paleo kind of model, um, which is very much Atkins. So still learning similar sorts of lessons, but the understanding that – just because it's considered to be a healthier version of doesn't mean you've got unlimited access to it. So you've still got to choose food based on its quality as well as its effect on your body. So you're going to have the highest quality food you possibly can that that also has an effect on the body but not such a significant effect that the outcome will be that you store it for later. In other words... Just because coconut is good for you, it doesn't mean that you have to eat everything that comes from the coconut in mm-hmm. massive abundance because you will still put on weight from it. And yeah. many people will still get heart disease from the saturated fat from coconut. And I know that's going to really upset a lot of people, but excessive consumption of saturated fat for some people and probably about 50%, maybe even more percent of the Caucasian population are poor responders to saturated fat. Okay, then. So... I know you pretty much a three square meal a day kind of guy. Yep. 
And I know I am the opposite. I will eat every couple of hours. Yep. And, and I know you said the other day, where do you find the time right. to do it? <laughs> but, you know, like I've got it. It's not strict, but like, you know, I have my, I have my routine. You have your routine. So the question is, uh, it's definitely quite possible. I would almost say probable that I am eating slightly too many calories. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say calories, but tell me if this is wrong, right? Uh, of too much energy, even though it's all good energy. Uh, sorry, too much fuel because I put lots of. There's lots of good energy in there, right? There's lots of good foods, but too much fuel because again, I would say gradually, I have got more fat on my body than what I did two years ago. Yep. Um, I'm not agreeing, but I'm I'm just listening. Yeah. Yes. No, but I, but so 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 what do you? How do you know? Like the the thought of three square meals a day, like in my mind, it's just like there's just no way. Like by ten thirty in the morning, like. I'm just, I'm not craving like, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not craving junk food. I'm just craving to eat something. Yeah. Um, uh, is it, is it, is this genotype like, or do you think it's a blanket? Do you reckon it's a blanket that we're all three square meals a day and we've all just lost our way? Or do you think people like you and people like me, we're just built differently and it's okay for me to be a grazer and for you to be three square meals? Like, because in terms of people's habits and if they're going, right, 2016, I'm going to change, raise my standards on my food. This is how it's going to roll. Mm. You know, do people, and again, not saying me because I'm not really that determined to go to three meals a day, but do, do some people actually need to cut out snacks to do, be more of a three-square meal a day type of person or is it more the type of food they're eating in their snacks that they need to change? Oh, there's so many good questions there. And we're at 21 minutes. Well, how am I going to answer all of that? Just answer this and then we'll wrap it up because this, this, this will be like a 10-part series at the moment. I'm literally like four <laughs> questions in. I know, right. Um, yes, look, the answer is um, yes to almost everything that you said. So is it a we're genotype? All, yes, we're all different? Yeah, yes, we're all different. Right. Yes, there'll That's be genes involved. Um, yes, people probably need to watch the snacks they're having and yes, most people probably don't need to be eating five times a day and yes, some people will benefit from eating five days a day, uh, times a day. So... It would be great if we could just say blanket rule, everybody go do this um, and you'll live a healthy long life. Um, and but, but you and I both know and every single listener that's listened to 100 Not Out knows that food is lower down the priority list than, than exercise, mindset, yeah. um, happiness and purpose and engagement than – you know, for longevity stakes. So whilst this is important for the way that you feel and for getting the most out of your life and not necessarily living a long life, but just getting the most out of your life, food is different for everybody. And that's something we need to, you know, I suppose all um, hone our skills on understanding what impact and what effect food has on our body by listening to what our body's telling us. So is there any... Um... I don't want to say quick and easy, but you know what I mean. Is there a way to know if you are really well suited to three square meals a day versus, uh, you know, five um, smaller meals a day? Like I know, is it just the way you feel? Because I know there's people out there that would say, no, Marcus, you know, if you did a cleanse and you did like a whole reset on your body, Mm. then you could lose the, or you could or you would lose the emotional attachment to eating snacks and you would eat less and you would feel great and you would do all of this. But, you know, at, like I, I feel my, my energy is awesome. 
Yep. And I definitely have an emotional attachment to, say, chocolate, my, my chocolate pudding cup. I love it. It's like a ritual. It's a cup of tea, yep. chocolate pudding cup, morning tea. I'm pumping away doing my work, having a great time, thinking how good is this, whatever. Well, here's a question for you. What would you cut out if you wanted to lose those two kilos? Um, yeah, I would I would cut out the chocolate pudding cup, but I'd go nuts. This is the thing. I just I, I wouldn't enjoy <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy my days much. I'd cut out cut that out. Yeah. And then so I'd it sounds out. to me right that you're eating some really healthy things, right? Yeah. But you're storing a little bit of extra fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, so is that a bad thing? And one of the things I've been talking to practitioners about recently is how do we make overweight people healthier? Because some people won't ever lose the weight, but can we make them healthier so they live a longer, healthier life without the need or requirement to go down the um, the chronic disease pathway? And I, and I think that what you're talking about there is, and, and what we spoke about before, is understanding that what is healthy food and what is good quality food, and then understanding um, the effect of that food on the body and whether or not that's going to store. Yeah. That's all part of that same equation because the love affair you've got with your chocolate cup um, is much the same as someone else's love affair they might have with um, a bowl of ice cream or a that, party pie. That's or exactly a... right. And so yeah. um, because that's their love affair, and, and, and let's say they do it once a day, is that going to make them any more unhealthy than someone who's stressing out and fussing over and weighing only, their, food, weighing and, their and... food and only having green smoothies? Yeah. So, but I would say that, and I know we need to wrap this up, but I would say like for me, because I'm sitting a lot doing my work, my determination is more, particularly around this time of the year, yep. is simply to be more active, yeah, to right. burn to burn more of that stored energy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because again, I don't need to eat more. There's no doubt about that. I do not need to eat more. But I could definitely always mount an argument with the amount of sitting I do for my work to go down the beach, have a swim, a boogie board, go for a run, ride a bike, play with the kids, all those things. Yeah, you just can't move enough. True, true, um, and it's a great thing. And there'll be people out there going, "Yeah, but you don't have to work freaking 70, 80 hours a day." Anyway, we are well over time, and we've got to wrap this one up because yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that more in the next episode. Let's talk about the limiting beliefs around these shifts because there's a lot of them over the summer period. All right, Damien John, thank you again, great man. Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Leave your Facebook comments there. Also, check us out at facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. Spell it all out there, though. And if you'd like this episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com. We can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. And remember, as I forgot to say at the beginning, come and join us in Ikaria, June 20 to 29, the fabulous Greek island. It's the 100 not out Ikaria longevity retreat. Uh, 10 Days in Paradise 2016. Go to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.